This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Widdicombe. Welcome to Parenting Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Elena, say Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. And now say Josh Whittacombe. Josh Whittacombe. Delia, thank you so much. Don't know about that. Don't know about that, Rob. Not happy with that one. No, should we listen to the Widdicombe again? Because it was going so well. Josh Jinkanan. Josh Jinkanan. Jinkanan. Josh Jinkanan. Hello, Rob and Josh. Congratulations on the wonderful podcast, which keeps me laughing to myself during my lunchtime walks. I do not have children myself, but I am the proud aunt to Eleanor, who is nearly four, and newborn Iris. I know that Rob loves his wild guesses, so I am originally from, but I'm living in. And Eleanor and Iris are growing up in with their blank father and blank mother. Can you fill in the gaps, Rob? Oh, feels like I'm about to be cancelled. Let's fill you in. I am originally. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Um, I'm go South Africa now living in Bristol, and the Do you dad's know what? Dutch living in the Netherlands. Oh, nearly. Yeah. Originally Greek, living in the Netherlands. And Eleanor and Iris are growing up in York with their Greek father and Brazilian mother. Fucking hell. Love. I can't, I can't do the maths on that. Imagine what they have. Well, I wonder what they have for Christmas Day. I wonder what they have for Christmas dinner. So, yeah, look, there's what's... Greek there, there's Brazilian, there's Dutch. It's all sorts. Yeah, there's York. I reckon they just Chinese takeaway. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. It's, not... it's fine. It's fine. Let's get someone else you know to do it. Get were... it in. Do you know what they should have, Rob? Lasagna. Why not? No. Right. Um, how are you, Josh? You good? Yeah, I'm all right, Rob. So, last Tuesday, last Sunday. Yep. Went down to Torquay for a gig. Course. On the train down. Just getting off the train. Walked past. Who was sat there? Bloody Faye Ripley. Oh, lovely Faye Ripley from Colfe. Yeah, lovely Faye Ripley. Yeah. She was uh, looking through the script because she was off to do Doc Martin. Lovely. Then went to Cornwall for a couple of days. Yeah. Following Friday night. Come back. Who's on my train? It's only bloody Faye Ripley coming back from Doc Martin. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. 
I mean, this is if, if she's become your stalker, what a turn of events, and she's using Doc yeah. Martin. <laughs> Went to New York. Faye Ripley's only there filming Doc Martin. Talking of that, remember, if you've got any of your over- underwhelming celebrities in amazing places... <laughs> oh, that's a bad link, Rob. That doesn't sound fair. <laughs> no, New York's an amazing place. That is unfair on right, Faye Ripley. Yeah. I'd say... Yeah. OK, you've, you've panicked me now. No, I, I wouldn't say Faye Ripley's an underwhelming uh, celeb spot. No. I think she's a great celeb spot, but Torquay's yeah. an underwhelming place to have spotted yes, exactly. Faye Ripley. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Totally good work. But yeah, uh, big celebrities in tiny places or small celebrities in very impressive places. That's what we're in, looking in for. Profile, not in profile, not height. Uh, yeah, in profile. We don't, we don't want Richard Osman in a model village. That's not what we're looking <laughs> yeah. for. Greg Davis in Tinkerton. Is Tinkerton a place? Imagine it is near <laughs> you, isn't it? It probably is, yeah. Susan Cowman up the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. Yes. Um, moving on. Right, do you want an Instagram message? Yeah, here we go. Hello, I'm a long-time fan of the podcast and everything you say. I'm really, still th- I'm still thinking about celebrities. <laughs> it's I'm impossible still... not to think yeah. of all celebrities in big places or vice versa. Yeah, Pudsy the dog up the Millennium Eye. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Pudsy the dog up the Millennium Eye. That is the most naughty reference. Pudsy the dog's been dead ten years. The London Eye, the Millennium Eye. Did you call it? Yeah, I know. It's the Millennium Wheel. It's the London Eye. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. To make Josh feel better, here's a tired story from my husband. When our first time oh, yes, when my first child was a few months old, I took him to stay at my mum's for the weekend to give my husband a child free night out of his mates in Crystal Palace where we lived at the time. And occasionally we'd see Josh at the Sainsbury's. Where's this? Did you Crystal to- Palace? Why would I be in Sainsbury's in Crystal Palace? That's definitely not me, is it? Yeah, it's a big Sainsbury's as well. So, Josh Whittaker in Sainsbury's Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, they're out and about in the Crystal Palace. Went out of his mates for the first time since becoming a dad. He was so tired that he fell asleep in the pub early on in the night just after a couple of drinks. The bar staff told his friends that he had to leave as he was too drunk, but they managed to persuade them that he was merely the dad of a newborn and please could they leave him for a bit to have a sleep, which they kindly did. Hang in there, Josh. Owls sleep soundly for 11 hours every night and and the sleep training is now a distant memory. Rebecca and Russ Evans. Well, I'm all right now. I'm not one to be complaining at the moment. No, but your issue now is the movement of the child, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually the waking time is the problem. Um, it was quite a good one to come off the back of Tom Crane last week, the sleep one, if anyone's yeah, feeling yeah, Tom exactly. Crane's pain. I've got another sleep one here. We love your podcast, listen every week. The more tired than Josh feature always gives us a giggle. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old who's never slept. My husband is a police dog handler and his working dog lives at home with us. I came down early one morning after Ian had left for work to find a very baffled-looking dog. Quick phone call later, which went a little something like, have you forgotten something, him? No. It's liver and white and has a waggy tail. Oh, shit, I'm on my way. So he had gone on a shift as a police dog handler without a police dog. Oh, my God. That is incredible. Um, But he took the two-year-old, who actually got let loose on a drug dealer and bit his arm and uh, contained him until backup arrived. (laughs) Thanks for laughs and making us feel a bit more sane. Heather, Ian and police dog Joe. No child, though. Didn't no say... Child. That's weird. So, Heather, Ian, and police dog Joe. No kid's name. No kid's name. But the dog got name-checked. Well, maybe there's no kid. Okay, I don't know. I think we're getting bogged down up. by this for no reason, aren't we? Yeah, we don't need to get into it. Right. Should we get into James Bay? 
Yes. Really good interview. This he's a very nice bloke, James Bay. Isn't he very oh, lovely bloke. What a nice guy. Very very open and very um. He's very like tender, isn't he? Very emotional. Like really. Musicians loves... are more emotionally yes. open than comedians, aren't they? Rob? Yeah, they are. And and I remember I'm sort of like on the on one side of the sort of comedian fence, and all my mates I grew up with. So like when you speak to somebody who's like really touch in touch with their emotions, but yeah, he loves his kid so much, and it's really sort of heartwarming to hear, isn't it? Really, he's a nice yeah. bloke. Old babe, James Bay. Old J Bay. Anyway, here's James Bay. James Bay, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good? Good. Uh, thank you for having me. I don't listen to an awful lot of podcasts, but I've become a bit obsessed with this, so I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not going to oh, lie. Oh, thank We're, you. We I thought you were just going to say, uh, thank you for having me. I don't listen. I'd have respected that as well. <laughs> maybe more, maybe more. <laughs> What's this about? I haven't got kids, but um, nice <laughs> speaking. I see seen a guitar in, in, in the background of Josh's picture, so I'm ready yeah. to talk. I've got, yeah, an yeah, I've got an album out. Don't listen, but let's plug. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. Here's the name of the album. See you later. Bye. <laughs> um, and uh, what's, the, what's the kid set up? You've got one child, James? I have one child. I'm six months into being a dad. Me, oh, six and, me and Lucy, my partner, are six months into uh, life with little Ada, our daughter. Oh, that's a nice name. Thank you very much. It's... Um, it's lovely and wonderful and terrifying all at once. James, James, you sound quite broken. Okay, all right. <laughs> is, that, is that a fair... What a great start. <laughs> <laughs> the way you were going, it's fun. It's the long list. It's always the yeah. list is the giveaway. How, yeah. is, how is the sleep, though? Are you broken or not? Or is it just early? The sleep's okay, um, actually. It, we, we've been on a bit of a rollercoaster ride with, with sleep in the last six months. Um, and actually... One of the most sort of normal scenarios is that we're all kind of up around about 7am, which feels pretty good. Mm. In truth, a lot of the time, Ada's awake from sort of 5.30 and we're just sort of trying to make her wake for that 7am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never really but then yesterday, <laughs> completely unexplained, I got up ready to go because I'm usually changing her nappy at like 7am. Yeah. And um, I went and I, I peeped in and her eyes were shut. And she just slept in till quarter past eight. Don't know why. Whoa. What's I, lay, that I lay there wide awake. Yeah, yeah, of course. You can never take advantage of that situation. No, not at all, basically. But um, no, it was so So sleep is okay. Um, I think obviously, you know, at this point, we have both just resigned to it being sometimes all over the place and just yeah. being able to roll with that. We also had like, we had that thing. I feel like it's actually kind of common that, about eight weeks, lots of people's babies sometimes are sort of chilling out and getting into a little bit of their own little sort of sleep routine. And life goes from, especially I suppose with your first baby, it goes from madness, complete madness, and like everything's brand new, to like a little bit of settling. And yeah. we thought by sort of Christmas, we'd like absolutely smashed it. <laughs> you completed it. The naivety is through the roof. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Um, and then mid-January, first signs of teething, first bits of sleep regression. Actually, and this is something I actually wanted to ask you about sort of briefly, like she, she's been going through, she's all right at the moment, she's all right now, but eczema arrived. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, we're big on the eczema scene. We, oh, we're, yeah. we're big names on the eczema scene. <laughs> You're a bit of a player on the eczema scene. Yeah, I'm big on I the eczema scene. I'm, I'm a dairy intolerant guy. If you want anything <laughs> on that, which can lead to eczema. It can, but be, it can be the same thing. Can yeah. be the Josh, same thing. Josh is your eczema guy, as okay, you know. Can I just say, so we, we went through a bit of a roller coaster with all of that, and it, it threw sleep out the window from, from January till some yeah. point in March. Have you, have you been to the doctor about it? We, we've been the whole sort of gambit, and um, we're in a much better place now, but can 
can I sort of just say that for all the wonderful things that midwives and everybody tell you to sort of help try and prepare you as your baby arrives, no one says a word about the potential of eczema. And it's like, no. I had no idea. Like, I've just said it to you guys, and like Josh particularly. It like, hasn't even come up on this podcast before. It's, it's, the un, it's, it's unspoken. You know, you know how many episodes I've scoured? I've scoured your episodes looking for eczema. Really? I, 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 I'm an eczema virgin. I used to have eczema as a kid, but my kids don't really suffer with eczema. Talk me, what's the, what's the eczema game? Talk me through it. What's going it, on? It just, it just sort of, I suppose, kind of. Josh, maybe you'll agree. Like it randomly reveals itself if it wants to. Yeah. And then you've got the problem of sort of dealing with like a. T- for us, it was a tiny baby who, you know, she had, she needed to sort of itch and this and that and the other. Yeah, yeah. And like actually, um, obviously, you've got to keep baby's nails really short. That's its own help. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, what's your technique? The clippers, or some people say bite them, which I think is madness. So far, the techniques worked best for me was get let Lucy do it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. She, I, I, I'm. She's got brilliant little fingers that are just perfect, and mine are like big sausage disaster. You do play guitar for a living, so they must be. They must be like <laughs> guitar, big yeah, sausage no. disaster. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I'm just not very intricate with my fingers, if I'm honest with you. Never been good with my hands. <laughs> um, Lucy does a fantastic job of that. She did, we heard about the biting thing. That was never going to happen. And I, I will say, because, yeah, I've heard all sorts of different stories about people trying to cut their baby's nails. And Ada is typically, she sort of lies back like she's at the salon on Lucy's lap. <laughs> and she, Lucy was originally sort of doing, like, clipping her nails while she was asleep. And she'll just gently come around and be like, oh, you're right. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just doing my nails. That's lovely. And um, there's no sort of big trouble with it, but it's still, they seem to grow back like in the next hour. Well, that is the thing with nails. They will grow back. And which is intense in itself. (laughs) (laughs) So you must have noticed that about your own nails, right? (laughs) (laughs) Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving. To your local store, like now. Go! Whether you're working out or working on your high score, you never settle for less. So why should it be any different when you choose your protein drink? Rockin' Protein comes in three delicious flavors, has 30 grams of protein, and is always made with fresh milk. So you're never left with that chalky taste. Rockin' Protein. Never settle for less than a great-tasting, high-quality protein drink. Visit rockinprotein.com to find Rockin' Protein wherever you are. Rockin' Protein and Shamrock Farms are registered trademarks of Shamrock Foods Company. Have you got that weird guitarist nails thing when you meet someone who plays guitar where they've got one hand of long nails and one hand of no, short no, nails? No, I don't go for it, personally. Oh, okay. I feel like, especially on electric guitar, you'll just snap your nails off. Right, yeah, yeah. It's creepy as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's just a pervert trying to protect... You know, like when cyclists shave their legs. You're like, you're only, you're only cycling so you can shave your legs. The legs was the first thought. But you wanted the nails, so you got a guitar. Before you know it, you're boosting your way to seven Tour de France's. <laughs> yeah. You're having a blood transfusion just because you wanted smooth legs. No one's going faster with a shaven leg. No one's playing better guitar with a longer nail. Are they no. not? Is that right? Not really. Um, but she's so the, the, around these sort of extra time that you know lots of baby clothes in, in the early days have got the mitts on the end of the slip. Mm. Actually, yeah, that, yeah. that was all still too like abrasive. Oh really? Oh, wow. oh, oh you had it worse than me. Well, more than my daughter and me. As like as someone who's not experienced this, so what? Where is the eczema? Is it all over the body or just that hands? Or I mean, when this, when the doctor we talked to said 
it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, he's not done a great job there, has he? Yeah, that was that. a slightly difficult moment. Otherwise, he's actually, I have to give it to him, he's done a fantastic job in sort of guiding yeah. us, but that was a low moment. What have you got? What have you got? What are you putting on it? There's all various. There's all various. We did WD-40 in the end. That was a weird one. Did you do that? No. What? No, I'm just winding it up. <laughs> yeah, of course. I feel like I'm like hanging out with the bigger boys who are talking about drugs and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've done a, a big um, a zoo. Yeah, mate. Love bifters. One of the really handy things was going, we, we had to find these, they were these silk mitts, which sounds well popped. Oh, yeah. It sounds really sort of bougie. But she, they worked free. In fact, we found it's like an independent. You know what? There'd be a great small business shout out. They're called Scratch Sleeves. Scratch, Scratch sleeves. sleeves. Okay. For us, they've been brilliant. Also, basically, the eczema was the baby would feel uncomfortable all the time, scratch it and make it worse and like not sleep and, and, and whine and moan. Exactly. Worst case scenario, round the clock, we had to keep our hands out of her face. Oh, because she, she had it on her face? How do you keep her hands oh. out of her face? By staying awake. Pat them oh, away. Oh, James. man, alive. What the closest we've sort of had to that is um, uh, chicken pox. My youngest got chicken pox really bad. So again, it's loads of like itchy lumps so that they're scratching all the time and you can't tell uh, like a six one fold not to scratch. And they're on their back. If you had chicken pox, the last thing you want to do is lay down all day. <laughs> was your, when, when, when yours had chicken pox, how young? Really young, actually. I can't quite remember. She was like, not she was a baby like probably six seven months laying down she wasn't walking or crawling but she because my eldest who was about three got it and she had a couple but she was honestly covered she's still got little chicken pox scars that are slowly oh, um fading away but it was really brutal like she, she was co- absolutely covered head to toe it was disgusting Whoa. we had to get my daughter jabbed for chicken pox because um because me and my mum couldn't agree on whether i'd had it and it's very oh, dangerous for an adult so oh. mufty plymouth <laughs> <laughs> i heard that it's dangerous for an adult yeah, so it's bad yeah. for an adult. So me and my daughter went for his and hers, his and hers. Daddy and daughter kind of chicken pox shots. We're having to have an injection because your nan is bad at admin. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what you told her. This is your nan's fault. When you cry, think of your nan. Well, she thought I hadn't, but I thought I had. So there we go. Don't, let's not get that. I don't know where measles and shingles come into this. Don't talk to me about mumps, mate. Don't oh, talk yeah. to me about mumps. <laughs> have you had mumps? No, I haven't, though. My, I, I, my, my dad had mumps when he was tiny. So there's a picture of him, the little black and white picture from 100 years ago, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's this tiny little baby standing in the garden with a massive face. And he looks like one of those little, you know, the footballers with the big heads. With the Corinthian figures. He looks, he's in a nappy and he looks exactly like one of those. <laughs> and he's actually, he's got a little smile on his face, but he says his memories of it were it was absolutely horrible. So fingers crossed. We had, um, we, so sleep was sort of all over the place for a while. And I think that, that four month, five month regression thing was not great. But the teething thing was actually, she seemed to be, have like teething symptoms for, for... Oh, mate, it takes forever to get those teeth out. About literally about five or six days ago, two have come through. Well, you know, yeah. I don't want to pull rank here, but try teething with thoroughbreds when they've got these teeth. <laughs> <laughs> with your little normal-sized teeth, these big old chompers ploughing through their head. How big of the first set of a Beckett? Oh, absolute heavy duty. Well, the thing is, it is when the Beckett's kids' teeth come out, you're basically going, are they going to get them or not? Do you know what I mean? You know, like some families yeah. got the ears or the nose yeah. or the chin or yeah. the dimples. It's how you either get. And if you've got the Beckett teeth, you know you've got them. They, they just never don't stop. <laughs> keep coming. Have your parents got the Beckett teeth rot? Well, not both of them. They're not Millhouse. But no, like, my dad, um, they're, they're from my dad's side. The Beckett, dad's the side. Beckett teeth. Yeah, he's got big Beckett teeth. Right. My mum's uh, got some more normal sized teeth. And what about your, your brothers? Yeah, they've all got big Beckett teeth. But my, see, my brother Joe's got like 
I'd say a bigger mouth than me because he's like six foot two and he's bigger, but mine looks bigger because of the proportions. Yeah. Do they come through? So, A, this first two teeth that come through so sharp. So, you'll go, yeah. come through like razors. Yeah, the, the little ones do. And then when they're about uh, six or seven, they get the bigger ones. So, my six year old's getting like the. Her, it's you just mad little, when they come through. You've got little silk gloves for your teeth, <laughs> yeah, didn't you? Yeah, little, little, little teeth, teeth scratcher mitts to go on. <laughs> but yeah, hers are come through. But she knocked her teeth out when she was two. She had no front two teeth for four years. How did she knock them out? Um, she was on a scooter at a preschool and she fell over and one went a bit brown and a bit wobbly and then they both just fell out. So she had no front teeth. So she, she still eats on the side of her... She doesn't use her front teeth. She just eats on the side of her mouth still. She's not used to having... Oh teeth God. at the front. Well, like Popeye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that is, yeah, that's no fun. But, you know, we're first timers, so it all seems very intense. So have you, what, have you been back working? I have been back working and it's, and I, you know, like I, I, I'm getting a much better sense at the moment of what like the rest of the year will be. And actually when I first, when I first discovered this brilliant podcast, I was uh, isolating. I have a writing, oh, no. I have like a, a place around the corner from our house, like a writing room. Uh, where I'll go and do all sorts of work. And it sort of doubles up as a flat. There's like a little sort of power yeah. set up and a bed and all that. Have you moved out, James? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Have we got the divorce <laughs> scoop? <laughs> <laughs> On the sidebar of shame next week. <laughs> um, I It was really convenient I, I uh, because I got COVID at the end of... I started this year in January. I was doing a two-week... Just a little sort of refresher tour. It was really fun. Just like me, solo acoustic. I bet it was, mate. You've got a kid at home that's not sleeping. I'll just head out on a refresher <laughs> tour. Thank you very much. Bash out bash out the greatest <laughs> hits of an acoustic. No yeah. no other band members to pay. <laughs> it was also when the while I was away thinking, okay, all right, a little bit of sleep. Not bad. Yeah. But it was when the X-Men was sort of starting. So it was very stressful being away because Lucy was a dealer. The because you know ultimately Lucy's smashing it and I'm trying trying to sort of come up behind. Paul McCartney used to take his kids on tour, didn't he? What a madman! Well, look, I'm not ruling it out. It's just when you've got such a tiny not? baby, it's not quite feel possible yet. But I think we would no, we would ultimately like a sort of a future, especially before she sort of starts school proper. And I don't know. This is where I'm very naive. I'm going to put you in this position. She's kicking off because. She doesn't like her dinner. It's 8.04pm. You're due on stage, 10 past eight. <laughs> she's, back, she's backstage. She's kicking off. Disaster. I don't, well, I don't think... If you take them on tour, they just stay in the hotel room. With, it's a bit of that. That's the thing, it's isn't the it? The other thing slightly different to you guys on tour is the volume of, our, of my show. Yeah. Well, I'll get some laughs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know. Anyone under 14 that goes to Beckett's show has to wear those ear defenders. You see kids in a yeah. festival. It's going to get it's gonna get crazy. Stick them on, kid. You'll be all right. Don't want to damage your ears with all the laughs. Is there in music? Because I'd say comedians are kind of people that often have kids late. They're kind of in a kind of state of like suspended being young maybe through their 30s, a lot of comedians. No, no, it's not that. What it is, is all comedians are awkward little virgin nerds till about 25, <laughs> get a bit of confidence in their first job being funny, start the circuit at 30, meet someone at 40, have a kid. That's what happens. It's hard to have a kid when you haven't had sex for 25 years. <laughs> no, in, in music, I, I think um, it's similar or even more so. Like people are trying to, I don't know, it feels like a lot of people are sort of, Touring is a mad way of life, so uh, mm, yeah. but may, maybe I feel like I'm speaking for everybody here, and I don't want to speak for anybody. 
Could you just speak James for everyone? James speak yeah. for everyone. Fuck them. Just speak for everyone. Put, put it on record. This is the, the this is the voice of the music industry. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the article. James Bay has left his wife and lives in a flat around the corner. Sleeps what he calls a bed. We know it's just some duvet on the floor. <laughs> he talks for everyone. <laughs> and he is the ambassador of Exma in children. They're the three takeaways. It seems at least sort of 50-50, like a lot of people aren't. Touring is a sort of unique way of life. And for some people, it, kids don't fold into it very easily. And then other people are like, I want my personal sort of family life to be on the road. Yeah. We, we know there's people out there who sort of grew up on tour. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, kids of, of musicians from death. Normally always a bit weird in my experience. <laughs> or they become... <laughs> That's me speaking for me, not everyone. Well, it's difficult because, I, you know, I don't really take the kids on tour because we've, it's different for you, though. If you go to, like, America or Europe, you'll be away for three months. Yeah, you, you, you actually go properly on tour, whereas me and Rob... We just pop off for a couple of nights and yeah. lose quite happy at the break, I think. But we, I've got a gig in Southend and I'm going to let the kids come. Uh, and I've got one in Bromley, which I'm going to get them come and see the stage and maybe watch the opening 10 minutes of the show to see what I do because they're old enough to know what's going on now. Right. Obviously, I'll swear and it'll be inappropriate, but who cares, really? Awful chat the next morning when you go to normally it goes better than that that was a tough crowd um do come to a different night because you didn't need the ear defenders it turns out after all daddy what does dirty nonces mean <laughs> i think um with with the like like you say like the america like all, all the sort of transatlantic and going all around the world like I, I i go to australia at some point in a touring year i go to australia for a, for a bit and it's far yeah and in a year this year 2022 when we're gearing ourselves up, me and Lucy, for like, right, I'm going to be away working sometimes. Ada's very young, and like, we are, we do want to explore taking her away with me, with us, at some point. In my experience, I'd say you're better off travelling with them when they're younger, because when they get to a point they're in nursery and school, they can't just come away with you. Exactly. And they're actually easier when they're like under a year to take, right. because you're up and they're crying anyway. What's it matter if you're in a hotel, you're somewhere else? And then once they get in a buggy and they can sit upright, we went to Copenhagen with a six-month-old and it was amazing because you just push no. them around. And it's when they're like toddlers and running around, it's a bit of a nightmare. But, you know, yeah. I, I think it's not as difficult as you probably think it will be because you sort of build it up once you get in the routine of it. But you just have to take the plunge to do it initially. Yeah, I'm, I think mostly yeah. I'm thinking about Lucy. She's the one who's going to be like... She's not a fan of these songs. <laughs> not at all. The kid's fine. I can't listen through that set again. <laughs> Ada will be still, like you say, sort of young enough. Later this year, later in the summer, I'm going to America. I know already I'm in America for a month. Yeah. There's a bit bef between now and then where I'm there for about two weeks. And then there's bits of Europe that I'm going to go to where, yeah, I'm not going to sort of be coming back like every other day. I'm going to be there for a week or more. I'm awful as well. Like it's, I've been with Lucy for a long time. We've been together for, for since we were teenagers. And in the early days of me going away, she was like brilliant at saying, basically, chin up, get out there and give it your best shot. I'll be here when you get back sort of thing. And I was rubbish. I was like, oh no, I'm going to miss you so much, all this stuff. And um, I've sort of built up, a, we've both built up like a sort of strength to be able to deal with it over the years that I've, I've been doing this now. Now we've had this little baby and I just, I just, sounds well soppy, but I'm just going to miss her like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hard. Because it's the guilt, the, the guilt as well as, the missing you feel bad that you're not there to help but then you've you've got to earn the, the money haven't you that's exactly it like look, recently last couple like yesterday i was i was only out for 
sort of the afternoon and the and the, and the evening. I was making a, a music video and I was away and I was just like in little breaks. I'm looking at videos on my phone of, oh. of Ada. That's what my my wife does. She goes, she goes. I, I can't. I can't wait till they're in bed. I can't wait till they're in bed. Then we get. They go to bed, yeah. and she'll just watch videos of them from the day. And you're like, mate, <laughs> this is our hour. This is our this one is hour. This one succession. Yeah, we, between between what the nose and squeezing in at this point, three episodes of Peaky Blinders. I feel like the, I don't know how we've managed that in the last what feels like the last three months. We've got three episodes in, and we're like. <laughs> Philip, such a luxury. Yeah. Have you started writing? Has it affected your songs? Have you started writing about her? And would you shy away from that? I would, on, honestly, I don't know how many songs my fans want to hear about, oh, my beautiful baby, how I love you, I've brought a life into the world. Like, yeah, yeah I, it'll, it'll find its way in, like, one way or another into my writing. It will, it will sort of find its way, because it's been a huge emotional sort of transition for me yeah i'll just i'll just try not to be too on the nose about it so is she lucy on maternity leave then is she due to go back at some point or no she actually she finished working and she this has been very much a sort of i suppose like a a dream of hers to be able to just be a mum full-time mum yeah that kind of thing so there's well as you say because then that that brings an extra pressure if she's going back to work then You've oh, got yeah. to find someone to cover the your both shifts and stuff. So, so I'm lucky in that respect, and, and we're lucky, of course, that she we're in a position that she can do that. And she, um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a big kind of dream for her to to be able to do that, oh, that's and that's nice. where, which is it's gorgeous. It's a really we feel very sort of lucky that we can do that. Does it make you want to have more then? Do you reckon you're you're loving? You're, it seems like you're absolutely besotted. We both we both come from like siblings as well. Like we neither of us. So do I, but that put me off. <laughs> <laughs> Our personal is we'd love her to have mates, you know, yeah. actual yeah. mates in the house, sort of to run around with and all of that sort of thing. So yeah, that that's definitely the sort of dream going forward. Um, because it's also just sort of what we know. And it, I think growing up, it made complete sense to us. I, I think as well, like, I didn't really, I was always like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a, like, a couple of kids. I always wanted two kids, like at least. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's only now, like, cause there's a, only a two year gap. They play so well. It's such right. a blessing when they've got that because it, like, you don't have to do anything. If you go on holiday and there's a pool that's sort of safe enough for them just to swim in or, you know, walk wade in if it's like a small one. You just you literally just sit there and they play with each other. Again, like me, me and my brother are like he's only about fifteen months older than me or something, and 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 Lucy's brothers are. It's all like no more than eighteen. Yeah, months. I yeah. think it's really. I think it makes a massive difference. Where I think sometimes people, if you have a sibling, obviously you know sometimes you can't have one straight away after. But I think if you can, I'd really recommend it because it is a bit of a, a nightmare the first year if you've got like two under two or two under eighteen months. But then once they're the, if they're the same age, they they just play. They're just because yeah. if, if there's a big gap, sometimes it's like a, a ten-year-old trying to play with a two-year-old. They're on two different wavelengths, aren't they? If there's a big gap, yeah. Is it mad? Just out of, like one thing you said there, like when you've got, well, yeah, two under two. Is it mental? It, well, it's not mental, but you got the the worst part <laughs> is you go. I can't believe how easy it was just having one kid in the house. And oh, then, yeah. But then you can't even... Well, like, saying that to you now is like you can't imagine it. You you know how you look back on when you said, like, I was so naive at Christmas. You're going to look back on this interview in two or three years and you're going to go, what was I complaining about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just don't move. But that's it. When they start removing is the problem. This is it. She st- and she still isn't actually... She's dead keen but she's not actually going anywhere yet there's been a paranoia that i've just about got over now but the first sort of three or so months i was like god quick get on a tummy 
Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're like, if I don't do tummy time, she's the, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I know no one that was adversely affected by a lack of tummy time. But I'm just saying now, obviously, it's great, do it, etc., etc. I'm not, I'm not part of the anti-tummy Certain time Some people crew. obviously do have problems with their neck and it's at a different yeah, angle, whatever, well, and that's like... Hello, here, here <laughs> I am. <laughs> Maybe that's why I've got a bad neck, exactly. I didn't do any tummy time. But, um, but I, don't, I think that's either going to happen or not. I don't think you need to train it or test it. You're either going to have that bad neck or not. And, and it's too easy as well, I find... When ultimately she's going to sort of find her way, it's still too easy to sort of get paranoid about, like, um, we got one of the things that, what they called, you hang it over the door and she can sort of bounce. Yeah, yeah, the bounce. Bouncer, yeah. We did that the, the first time the other day because we were curious. You know, you sort of lift the baby up on your lap, like holding her under her sort of armpits, and she often, you know, their legs will go all sort of straight and they'll want to sort of, almost without yeah, yeah. kind of use their yeah. legs. She's got no interest in using her legs. Really? She's just... <laughs> She just don't know what you're trying to do. And she's like, sit me back down on my bum. I was fine like that. But on her tummy, hopefully with a view to crawling, she's like after it. She's she's into that. So, yeah. and immediately I'm like, but the legs aren't working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is she ever going to walk? Yeah. Imagine at six months you're panicking she's not walking. That is a well, classic. Well, my, my daughter's walked to nine months, which is way too early. And I didn't realise how early that was. But it, it, she, it looks so weird because she was so... Because my firstborn was really little. Um, she's right. about normal size now, but she was tiny. She's only £5.11 and quite small and diddy, very narrow. And she could walk at nine months. But in like we dressed up in like a coat and a pair of shoes. And she walked with me through the shopping centre on her own without holding her hand. And everyone was just like... So he was stopping shoppers because they were like, what they thought it was like Hasbulla, you know, Hasbulla, you know, the little fella. It was like, they, it was, they couldn't believe that a baby could walk at that age and stuff. But when you're, it's your kid, you don't sort of realise. And is she now brilliant at walking? Is she going to be one of those walkers at the Olympics, Rob? Like, <laughs> yeah, is she gonna like go pro. the world's best walker? I tell you what though, my, my second one though is so fast. She's like really, really fast. They're like people, they, um, on holiday, she was running so fast. And there was like a seven-year-old that was there and he's like quite tall for his age. She was keeping up with him. And because they started calling her Dash at the end, she's meant it's so, she's so quick. It's actually like comedy how fast she is. I would love it if your daughter became an international athlete. Oh. That would be one of the great. It would be perfect for the podcast. That would well, be brilliant well. if she was a sprinter. I think she might be. She's really. Oh, I don't know what God knows what's But all I'm saying is she's fucking quick. She's rapid. I can't get her. If she puts the burners on, I can't catch her. And both of them are walking <laughs> at nine months. Yeah, both, yeah. Don't say that. If you get to nine months, they're not, though, James. Panic, you've yeah, only got yeah, three yeah, months. I was told that was quite late, actually, James. It's quite late developers. <laughs> <laughs> at least at five months, everyone's walking. I'm going to be holding her over a treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so have you got, what are your other little paranoias that you're aware of mental, but you can't help yourself thinking? You know, like, I used to, I used to if they slept in, I'd wake them up to check if they were still all right. Because I assumed something awful had happened because they slept in. Oh, yeah, every time. On a better night's sleep, when she's so still, breathing so soft, all throughout this first six months, I've crept in quietly. and Just to see if the chest is going up and all that. Yeah, it's horrible, yeah. isn't it? I'm trying in pitch black, essentially, to see that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're half asleep. Yeah. It's just ridiculous when you're half asleep. Um, recently, so we've been sort of getting on to... Like solids, but of course they're like mushed down, so they're not solid. solid. Yeah. She's not on solids yet. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Jay. I'm wondering you are. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm messing. <laughs> We've been getting her on to that. And initially, she was so up for it. And we, so I'm trying to think now, like, I don't know, maybe it's been like six weeks of that. And she was well up for it. And it was all going in and it was all pureed this and that. And 
as soon as the teeth came through, she's just clamping her mouth shut. She she loves, like she's sitting up in the high chair and the food's all in front of her sort of thing and we're coming in with the spoon and it's loaded and we're ready. Yeah. She's just suddenly got no interest and it's been quite funny actually how quickly Lucy and I both go, oh God, well now she's never going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> she's on milk forever, that's it. What happened to the like few weeks where she was loving... She was absolutely loving eating something off a spoon, holding the spoon, taking it off the mouth yeah. herself, the whole bit, mouth wide open, like clamping down, chewing it. Yeah, so it's very easy to sort of suddenly go, well, it's all now we're going backwards. Everything, Everything's a panic. Everything is a panic. Well, it certainly is in my life. I think that's the thing is like, she will eat. Yeah. And also with kids eating, get ready for them to refuse food at every yeah. opportunity for the next four years of your life. Oh, mate. Mate, I've got a six and four-year-old. All they eat is plain pasta. <laughs> yeah. She's carb loading, isn't she, Rob? She's carb loading. Yeah, I, I just give them three heels a day now. <laughs> <laughs> just fuel. <laughs> I don't do that. Well, the funny thing is Ada is like seemingly loving the sort of general experience of, like I say, being sort of sat up in a high chair and sort of at the table with us. And we're usually having our lunch at the same time and sort of feeding her and trying to make it all quite obvious. Uh, but she doesn't want to actually do the eating bit lately at all, which is, I don't know, like, you know, there's a good and a bad side to this as well. Lucy will sort of, we got all sorts of great books and she'll read a lot more than me, granted. Uh, she'll go and sort of seek out information. So she, she's doing the reading, she's doing the nails, and you're just sort of generals overseeing the panic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and she just found, she just read something the other day that obviously says, you know, your baby will sort of be into eating and not into eating and always just sort of let them explore it, uh, regardless of whether they're actually sort of doing an awful lot of eating, especially when they're only six months yeah. old. Yeah. And um, that was obviously reassuring well yeah i, I find yeah. my kids will not eat anything for three days like like literally pick and stuff and then they'll eat like a monster for four days they go through like waves of being hungry and into food and then just like not eating much but then literally go i want another bowl of pasta i want another it's weird they're doing five two aren't they <laughs> they're doing five two <laughs> we're already at this point with me like so the first three months uh, of ada's life I was just around all the time and that was sort of the agreed thing between me and my managers. But um, already, now that I'm back to doing stuff all the time, there's, you know, I've been around the last couple of weeks for some, she's doing like mum, 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 and like a bit of, and she only whispers, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> it's because you're so much noise at your gigs. Yeah. You can't hear her. She's <laughs> <laughs> been saying Trish me the whole time, but it wasn't really like first word territory. Like we weren't really sort of there yet, but, you know, I think I wasn't around quite for the sort of first times of, of all of that stuff. It catches me off guard all the time. This is the only thing that makes me worry about going away later in the year. And like I said, we are looking at flying them out for a few days, which will help Oh, me. That's all right for you. That is an absolutely brutal one for the... Uh... But, but I'll, I'll say Lu Lucy has dealt with all manner of jet lag over the last 10 years and Ada... I was just saying, like, she'll still be young enough that she'll just roll with it. What's interesting is even if you go away for a week, you do notice the difference. Oh, Josh, you're kidding me. <laughs> like, how old will she be in August and September? Uh, uh, 10 and 11 months. Oh, that's the best month. Well. <laughs> I'll get, don't, we can't get in his head like this, John. He's wiping <laughs> you up. 
what I'd recommend, what I reckon would be a best shout is if Lucy came over and had a holiday or in New York or Boston yeah. or wherever it was and was based somewhere for a week, That's the you thing. know that you can pop in and out there and she's she's not following you about. She's got this hotel room or apartment, yeah. or Airbnb, yeah. somewhere nice that's nice and chilled in New York and then you can pop in whenever you can and she has a nice time there because at 10 or 11 months, the baby can be in the buggy, they can walk around New York yeah. or, or maybe go upstate a little bit where it's a bit greener or something. No, absolutely. And do it that way right in the middle, I think it's the best bet. I think after a plane ride as well, we would never. I don't think first time we were going to put them on a tour bus. That feels like a step too far. Well, I'll be like, because I've got to go, I'm going to Australia and I will miss the girls, but I'm also thinking... I'm going to Australia for three and a half weeks. <laughs> it's quite so. It's like totally. I will desperately miss Lou and the girls when I'm there. But what I try and do is me if I'm there, right yeah. in Australia, and I've always wanted to do shows in Australia. So from a selfish point of view, it's a real career high for me to go to Australia and do shows, yeah. and it's amazing. Yeah. Me moping around Australia, feeling guilty, feeling like I'm missing out. All I'm doing is torturing myself. Me being upset is not going to help Lou and the kids. Absolutely right. What's going to help them the best? She don't want me when she's had a te- terrible day with the kids. Go, oh, but I just miss you. Yeah. Fuck off. You're by the beach in Australia. So you need to sort of sort of be in that moment or be in that place. Go, right, I'm here doing my shows in Australia to a crowd and I'm loving this guilt-free because feeling guilty is not going to help anyone. All it's going to do is torture you and annoy them. You're absolutely right. And, and Lou's right. And Lucy is right. Uh, sorry, Lucy says that same stuff to me. She's It's, it's, it's absolutely right. And so... I, don't get me wrong, like, you know, the shows that I did just in January just now, like being on stage every night and playing to those people was a time of my life. But how? But what's it like the daytimes before if you can't see the kids? That's when that, on the stage, because you're fully engaged, that's the fine bit. What it is is sat in the hotel room. That's when you can go mental and you start beating yourself up. But you've just got to try and make sure that you go, I'm doing the best thing for me and my family. Otherwise, I'll be at home. There's no money coming in. My career's not progressing. I'm not selling any albums. Please. But... When you're there, you can't beat yourself up because it just, it, it's horrible to yourself. Just keep on top of like the pictures of you having a great time on Instagram. Yeah. That's all you got. <laughs> just keep on top of that. It, it really like turns you over having a having a baby. It's a big head fuck, massively like emotionally and stuff. In the best and the maddest way. Like it's uh, all the cliches. <laughs> I was saying this on this tour, like uh, to the crowd every night. I was I was I was saying like. You know, it's nice to see you all again. It's been so long because it's the first time I've been doing any of it since COVID began. Uh, you know, and I said, I've been up to all sorts. I had a baby and uh, I said, it is all the cliches are true. It is, the, yeah. it is the greatest thing ever. I also said, all the cliches are true. My baby is the most beautiful baby in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. And I said, all of you will think, you know, some of you in here got babies. I said, no, 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 mine. If I was in the crowd, I would have shouted, but she can't walk yet. <laughs> <laughs> my kid your kid in a race let's do this yeah. but that's the weird thing is it's so important but no one really gives a shit if you've had a kid do they because no. it's so like no. for me and you it's such a mad thing but the man in the street go oh have you and no one gives a shit you know if you're doing the right thing because you'll be like going oh should i do that what will people think that if i've left lucy or lou yeah. to do this gig or left right what will they, no one gives a fuck no they don't. it's only your own head i show i i i'm terrible with like if i'm seeing like, as i've like got back into like going to do a bit of promo or something and seeing all the people from the record label that i've known now for such a long time and I just start like, put them into a corner and get my phone out and show them loads of photos of Ada. <laughs> yeah. I am that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and I am, I'm, I'm like, if, if they've got kids, then I'm straight into all the, what is to everybody else, really mundane. Like, I remember when she was tiny, she, one of the easiest ways for her to fall asleep was like on my shoulder. But it was like, 
she was so far over my shoulder. I was basically holding her by the ankles. <laughs> like a kind of fireman's lift? Yeah, like a proper, like, she's like... Or roadkill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be, like, I'd be like, like, I mean, so many times in a day, I'd be like, Lucy, look, what is, is she all right? Like, look, look at this position. Take a picture. Take a picture. <laughs> and then I remember showing people, like, you know, friends, again, who, who, who already have babies. I'd be going, is this normal? Okay, I feel like my shoulder is just cracking her in. Yeah. Well, they, you do find I just I could get my second baby off to sleep so like really well. Like it was just a thing. Like if it was just struggling, I used to put her arm under there and I had this technique and did that, and I could get her asleep like really quickly. And it was actually a bit weird. It was like a superpower where I'd go, "I'll oh, give her to me, bang, asleep." And it, I could never do it with the first one. I've never done it to have another kid like. But for this baby, I could just do that. And then um, I remember it was on when I was in holiday with the, they had a nine month old. And I tried to do, I was like, give, I went, give her, I'll get her to sleep, thinking that I still had the skills. <laughs> Awful. No. Started crying, kicking. I felt like, you know, like a, an old boxer in the pub when he's 50. He goes, let's go outside. He gets absolutely battered. This kid was like, crawl, crawl, I was scratching my face. It was awful. So that, that change happened so quickly. I felt like, I, yeah, I felt like I had these superpowers, literally the same as you, to get Ada to go to sleep. I'd hold her in a certain way and she's gone. I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I rock her like four times and she's gone. Or like hum some completely random made up tune and she uh, just like gently and she's gone. And then suddenly all these things just slightly, as she wakes up and grows up and like, well, like I said, wakes up to the world like every day a little bit more, my powers just disappear. Yeah. And soon, soon, mate, she'll be at university and she won't even phone. <laughs> Josh, I love that you're saying that. You're not even there yet. <laughs> well, I, will, I, I mean, my, my daughter's only six, but she already writes notes saying, I don't like you, you make me sad, and leave them on my pillow. Oh, how are you oh going to deal with it? Oh well, I, just, I found it quite funny. She's only doing it for a reaction. Oh, no, I meant James. Oh, James, I mean, James. Can no, yeah, he, he, he can detect how weak I am at this point. <laughs> well, no, I love that. Went, how are you going to deal with that? I was like, you know I don't give a fuck, Josh, about that. <laughs> But no, I, it, but you are incredibly vulnerable when you've got your newborn because it is so precious yeah. and they're so small. And you have this huge, what it is, is this huge weight of a responsibility of, I've got this now, I've got to provide for this child, I've got to help this child get navigate through the world. But it's like anyone, that's the first couple of weeks of a new job. You are just excited to say to, like, you know, calling around mates and saying, look, we've had a baby and she's all well and every, Lucy's well and everybody's fine. Like, that, that is the first five days, five weeks even when you're going through all that mad sort of, you know, no sleep and everything. Yeah. Did you get annoyed with visitors? Was that annoying? Loads of visitors? Uh, definitely. It, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was like, it was brilliant. But it's that thing of you say, okay, come around at two. And they're like sort of knocking on the door at about sort of 25 past two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a friend of ours, a you know, old, great old friend of ours the other day said um, he was supposed to come around at two and he, he actually had a, like an emergency thing that he had to deal with. And then later about sort of 4.30, he said, I could still come in. Thinking about dinner and bed at 5.30. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry, man, but like our day starts to wrap up quick. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a really, that's a big thing. I think I've been starting to think to myself lately. We're getting up at seven and I'm thinking in 12 hours, we're literally shutting down and like everybody's going to bed. Yeah, no, we're in lockdown, our kids were going to bed at five o'clock at night because they were waking up at five a.m. anyway. So we used to put them to bed at five o'clock. They'd sleep twelve hours, wake up at five, and then we just we just shifted back a few hours because if you put them to bed late, well, they'd always wake up at five. So then me and Lou had like a really long evening together, even though the days were long. Yeah. But yeah, people when they come around and go, 
And then once someone came around, um, we used to have like a parking permit, and um, they came around at 10. I went, oh, yeah, I put two hours on the parking. Why? <laughs> Where are you going after this? <laughs> you going next door for an hour? <laughs> what time are you going to bed, James? Uh, we are like nine is like yeah. what are you wearing? Sorry. <laughs> Don't say that out loud. Just the silk gloves, Rob. Just a pair just, of silk gloves. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to bed at nine. I have one. I mean, I'm just more than ever. I'm sort of at 8.30. I'm like shattered all yeah. the time. And like, yeah. you know, well, that's the maddest thing about 9 p.m. And maybe it's the same for you guys. That's stage time. Yeah. That's yeah. I yeah. get a burst of energy at about 10 o'clock at night when I've like normally finished my show. So yeah. I'll, I'll get all tired about 7, 8, and then I'll watch a bit of telly. Then I'm bright, like, eyes wide awake at 10 at night. The difference as well, like last night, I was, I was out a bit later doing this music video and I got home at about 9. And like pre-baby, I would have got home at nine. We would have been texting in, uh, as I was on my way home about what we were going to watch on TV. Yeah. Should we order something in, some food? Yeah. yeah. Get a bottle of red. <laughs> yeah. And like, well, it would always be like, what dinner I can sort of put together or whatever. And, and last night I got home and had a bowl of porridge and went up. Who <laughs> <laughs> are you, the three bears? <laughs> I was like, something that won't wake me up later in the night. Something that will fill me up. I can put it together quick yeah. when I get in. Rock and roll isn't where it used to be, is it? Gosh, mate, it's not. It, it, weirdly, I suppose it's it's like once you accept it, it's all very welcome. It's, it's not rock and roll to say it. No, but yeah, totally. It's about going, this is me now. Yeah, absolutely. And like so many mates of mine that have got, I've got a good few mates who've got like a two-year-old, three-year-old, and they're like, that first year is crazy. Just uh, get your head down. Get your head down literally and just sort of get your head down and sort of get through it. But And it's got, don't get me wrong, also like, I, again, all the cliches are true. I, I can't deal with just, I just look at her and I see a bit of Lucy and I see a bit of me and I see all of Ada, all myself. And it just, all of it melts my heart. See, it's so funny. I like, cause we've had a few musicians on and stuff like how musicians and artists are so, so deep and deep thinking and comedians are just such horrible little bastards. <laughs> We're horrible. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, there's such a deeper sort of like, I don't know, purity to musicians I find sometimes. Um, it's so sweet. I think it's sweet as well to, you know, you don't normally hear dads traditionally being this sort of involved, which is, I think, but most dads do feel like this, but don't really express it. So it's good to be expressed. Sure, I, I can't help it in many respects, but, and also don't get me wrong, so much of it sort of completely like confuses me. Like there's all manner of different things. Like I can't, still can't quite deal with the fact that like I did genuinely this sounds cliche or stereotypical I listened to a lot of music before I had a baby I was always listening to different records now all I've got is nursery rhymes in my head yeah <laughs> your Spotify wrapped is going to be an absolute disaster mate at the end of the year uh, I can't post that Jeez. <laughs> um, um, and and like things blow my mind like uh, she's got we all, all sorts of different like fun little sort of chew toys and things she just goes for the label. You know, the, yeah, little, really. the little black and white label on, on the end of a soft toy that's just as soft as the toy. And she's just desperate for that. There's this whole, like, fluffy dragon. Yeah, they don't like anything you think they're going to like. No. You know, they never like the cool sort of toy. You know, there's people that are in, like, I hate plastic. I'd only get wooden toys for my kid. Fair enough, but the kid's going to hate all those toys. <laughs> they want some shiny, horrible plastic shit. Um, we always end on the same question, James, which I think you're going to find a struggle. You know I'm going to find it a struggle. <laughs> You're a fan of the podcast, so you know the question, which is which thing that your partner does that you haven't said to them that annoys you? It's a difficult one because she does such a fantastic job. But you've definitely thought about it and got one lined up. You've, he's got one lined up, Josh. Look at yeah. <laughs> Hang on, why have you got that notepad out? We, don't, you know, we only need one. <laughs> Put the whiteboard away. What's this big spider diagram? <laughs> 
Um, the, there's a little one which is like I think we all wish that we all would sort of stop googling quite so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. googling. Oh. Have you tried? Um, have you tried Ask Jeeves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this doesn't. This hasn't actually happened for a while, but it certainly is always sort of stuck in my mind. For a time early on, Ada was in the bed with us, but like a, like early on when she was little, and we were sort of up every hour or ever every other hour. And Lucy particularly, we were changing her and Lucy was feeding her. And I remember I, if I like, like changed her and then put Ada in the bed and then I went to the toilet to sort of wash my hands, I just, this always riled me. I would come back in the bed and in the dark, Lucy would go, do you wash your hands? <laughs> and I would, say, I would say, yeah. And then a little silence and she'd go, with soap? <laughs> I'm thinking about Ada. Like, Why do you think I am? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have washed my hands. Yeah, I washed my hands for soap. <laughs> have you washed your hands? No, no, I've wiped the shit out of my ass with my bare hands. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it doesn't really happen anymore, but that one did get me. She stopped now. She trusts oh, me. Oh, wait, I hope she listens to this and then asks you again. She will. The thing is, she will. But the fact is, she will. She's a massive fan as well of the podcast. And also, if you do bump into James Bay uh, in the street or go to his gigs, please ask him if he's washed his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and when he says yes, say, with soap. <laughs> if someone could hold a sign saying, have you washed your hands, that is next gig. You've done it now. You've done it It's there. done. It's happening. Uh, lads, this is uh, genuinely, though, can I just say, for me and Lucy, and obviously for so many parents, your podcast is incredible and helpful and brilliant. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks, mate. I'd have to dispute helpful, but I'll, like, I'll accept the other one. <laughs> and you've been brilliant. Thanks for coming on. It's so good as well listening to people that have got the newborn babies because it is such a mad like life experience at that point. But um, also, have you got your new album and stuff like that? Let's, let's plug back. Look, you're too pure. You've not even mentioned your, your plug-in. We didn't... We didn't uh... Because we were meant to have you on before, which was just before the single came out, right? Lads, I, I, sent, I sent you the song and then we cancelled the podcast. And I, was like, I know, yeah, that was all clever. But my wife, my wife did have appendicitis, and is she, is she all right? Yeah, but she didn't have it until she listened to the song, though. So I don't know if that's <laughs> what happened. give me the reason. Yeah, that's the single at the moment. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be another one, and, and then the album. We haven't got a date for the album, but it's coming later in the year. And um, there's all sorts of touring. I'm actually just about to do like a, my first. UK tour, my first tour with a band since 2019. Oh, wow. But yeah, so all of that's happening. Music's happening, but um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be a dad now as well. It's mental. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job, mate. Keep it up. Thank you, guys. Cheers, bro. Cheers, Thank James. You. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Bye. Guys. James Bay. What a, lo- what a lovely bloke James Bay is. Very nice man, Rob. Oh, what he loves his kid, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah, he loves his kid. that, please. <laughs> You, do you know what's funny was normally I'm the one people expect to sort of wind someone up when I was saying oh what your kid can't walk yet but then you went in hard with the university yeah, stuff I, love, I think let's go in let's, let's show him who's boss here this is a pretty alpha podcast you two footed James Bay it's very rare that I'm the alpha male of the group Rob <laughs> it, I enjoyed it that it is do you know what I think that's the first time I've seen you be alpha Thanks, mate. Went in studs up, early doors. Balls out, squeezed his nuts, Gazza and Vinnie Jones. Exactly. Rob, can I be honest? Yeah. Last 10 minutes, I really needed a piss and I still need it. Can I go <laughs> okay. to the toilet? Yeah, go and have a piss. I will, wa- I will wash my hands. Yeah, wash your hands. With soap? With soap. Perfect. James Bay, everyone. What a lovely fella. Go and see him on tour and listen to his new song. Cheers. Bye. Bye. 